Hello and welcome to London Coronavirus Podcast, the original and only pod of its kind seeking to offer up optimism on a daily, yes, daily basis. On the pod tonight, it was a short and snappy Saturday as we discussed this delightful sunshine draped over our fine capital city. We had contributions from further afield as well with a global update from Norway, a shocking and scarcely forgivable coronavirus confession from Germany, not Stefan though, and so much more. Alongside me for... Pod number 19, ladies and gentlemen, is a pastor of positivity and a beacon of buoyant hope, but his friends just call him James Ware. James, a sunny, sleepy, surreal spring Saturday in London. Hope you had a good one, my friend. Thanks, big guy. That was the isolation introduction of a lifetime. Uh, Not just in the sense of it feels (laughs) like one since we were allowed to go out on the weekends. But yeah, it's been a particularly fine one in its own unique lockdown way. We're all trying to figure out ways since we can't go out to bring going out to us in the form of cooking, strange entertainment, activities, whatever that looks like. And we covered plenty of those today. And to be honest, I'm kind of chomping at the bit to get into today more than a virtual Grand National horse, really. (laughs) I'm ready to break the algorithm with weekend excitement for what we covered on today's show. James, we are here every single day on London Coronavirus Podcast. Enjoy the pod. Well, James, it has to be said, we're having a super spring here. A couple of gorgeous weeks in March have kind of paved the way for a stunning early April. And today was just that. It was really, really beautiful. And I woke up and I've got to say, I felt like a kid on Christmas morning. I got overexcited because I kind of greedily enjoyed my daily run and my daily walk, both before noon. So I'd maxed out my government dictated quotas uh, with the best part of the day still to come. So... This afternoon was, well, I was cooped up inside, really. And uh, I thought for lunch, I should make use of perhaps some of the canned foods that I bought a couple of weeks back during the hoarding hoarding fever, which, uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I got a little bit caught up in. So I was just sat there this afternoon, looking out the window at the sunshine, eating a a can of sardines out of a can. (laughs) And I was thinking that it's actually now illegal for me to go outside again today. (laughs) And that really hit home at just how utterly peculiar this entire situation is. And we've raced so quickly, as we were talking about a little bit about yesterday, we've raced so quickly to place this new normal labour on our reality. But sometimes it is okay to take a step back and just call a spade a spade, and which is, this is mad, uh, but we're, <laughs> we're going to deal with it. Uh, so yeah, that was my rambling thoughts of my sunny but odd Saturday. How was yours, James? Yeah, I think that very much people are going to fall into one of two camps, Dave, because you've got to decide, like, when do you most value that sunshine, right? Like Mm. this week, would you like 21 degrees on Wednesday? My meteorological sources (laughs) are telling me a little birdie is flying by my window and forecasting. Mm. And at that stage, when you can only go out and get your daily exercise once a day, as the guidelines suggest, then really it's like, 
Are you a midday person? Are you really maximising your tanning time? Are you kind of an early morning when it's the cool before the sizzle comes in? Or are you a kind of late evening sunset kind of person? I, I feel like we're taking part in a weather-based BuzzFeed personality test. <laughs> like one of those ones that people would share on Facebook yeah. years ago. And people are going to have to nail their colours to the mast one way or another. But you know what? I've actually also had a super, if surreal, super Saturday. Mm. Because it hasn't really involved much, but somehow, we spoke about this a lot yesterday and going into last weekend, and I feel like somehow today, just from really simple things like making a really nice brunch and then watching the Grand National, well, the virtual Grand National afterwards, it really did. I did an online yoga class this morning as well. I wasn't late to this one, thankfully, Dave. <laughs> I cut it fine, but I wasn't late to this one. So I managed to join the Zoom meeting for that. And yeah, somehow all of these things did add up to make today feel markedly different to the week, even though there weren't that drastic differences to the actual setup so it shows that it can be done I, I feel like I've kind of proven my own faith to myself in this alternative weekend setup and you know what the virtual Grand National really convinced me <laughs> because we'd had all sport have been stopped in this country and really around the world recently as mm. you know all too well Dave and it really like felt like just live events other than like the live stream concerts and things. But a live event where the outcome was unknown felt like it was very much something that had been put in the fridge freezer <laughs> until this was over. And today we had that. Granted, it was basically a video game broadcast to the nation. <laughs> and also granted, we were basically getting excited about an algorithm and I have to admit that I'm not somebody who's normally particularly aroused by algorithms. <laughs> but it was amazing to watch that on TV, know that millions of people around the country were watching on TV too. And we were all on the edge of our seat. Uh, the only time I've been near the edge of my seat is when I've had too many coffees or haven't been outside <laughs> for too long. I've, I've left my walk too late. But to actually be on that about the outcome of Sangri got me going today. And it's left me wondering... Like, how far could we push simulating things live on TV? Because when I was a kid, I'm not ashamed to admit on audio record, when me and my <laughs> brother were really young, when we first got PlayStation and got FIFA, we'd be playing FIFA and we'd have dinner and we'd pause playing because you can't really play a video game and eat dinner unless you're really, like, slurping a dinner smoothie with a straw. So we'd pause the game, but we'd sim the computer against the computer and watch that and see like, you know, like London derbies, who would win. Sure. And it actually was quite entertaining. And right now, rather than having no sport on TV, I would rather have that. And if they can't have like the big TV programmes this summer, there's lots of talk already that something like Love Island just won't be able to happen with such mm. a short lead up time. Well, The Sims in a villa on TV night after night. I think people would get into it. it. Again, like video calls replacing actual exercise events or meetings, it's the next best thing. It's not going to take over, but I'd definitely take it over nothing based on today's Grand National experience. And I occasionally enjoy a flutter on the horses. And 
if you weren't a betting man before today, what better than placing a bet, knowing that if you win, you're going to be winning a lot of money to spend on particularly elaborate groceries or pandemic purchases. <laughs> and if you lose, all that money's going to the NHS charities anyway. Like, it really yeah. was. There's never normally such a thing as a no-lose bet, but today felt like it. So all round sort of strangely reassured by our entertainment options after that. Well, I was definitely reassured, Jess. When we were talking about an hour ago prior to recording, you, I said to you, oh, I didn't I didn't catch the Grand National. Uh, did you watch it? And you were obviously full of enthusiasm and, en- and energy for it, as you just have been there. And I said to you, oh, I'll have to catch the highlights later. And even that seemed like a normal thing to say, James, right? But I'm actually saying I'm going to catch the highlights of a completely fictitious, uh, you know, um, uh, virtual Grand National, which is just ridiculous. Why am I catching up on highlights of that? I didn't even place a bet. You know, it doesn't make sense. But somehow your enthusiasm made me think, you know, it's like you say, oh, did you watch the game earlier? And I said, oh, no. But, you know, if, if someone you're talking to has such great energy for it and believes in it, then suddenly I was like, oh, I need, need to watch the highlights of that. So, yeah, I think, um, I think the world is reading itself for the possibility of a lot of things becoming virtual in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, I liked even your suggestion before we got talking, Dave, of like Glastonbury's got another event that's got cancelled. A kind of like celebrity guitar heroes, better than nothing, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah, it? I yeah. feel like there are simulations available for everything with a little bit of imagination. London Coronavirus Podcast. Next up on London Coronavirus Podcast, we've got a new feature, James. I think we're at that point in our in our mm. history, really, our comparatively new history, that we're creating new features. And this is Pandemic Purchase. It is the kind of thing that you buy during this mad, mad time that you would never normally purchase. But because you've got the time, because you perhaps fancy picking up a new hobby or doing something a little bit more creative or artistic or just something to kill the time, you make a purchase that you would never usually have done. Yesterday, James, you revealed that you'd bought a pasta maker. Is that still untested or have you splashed water and and a little bit more on it so far? I'd say I'm at the stage of it where, like, if somebody had taken delivery of a car and they were just admiring it in their garage, (laughs) I'm at that stage in my pasta-making career. Like, it's just such sleek stainless steel, Dave. (laughs) I mean, I feel it's already... I've got good value from it just to look at it sat on the counter. So when it's producing lean linguine, God, (laughs) I don't... might not be able to offer many words that day on the podcast. I think I'm going to be left speechless. And with every new feature, James, we we await contributions from our from our loyal audience. And today we've got one from a friend of mine who absolutely hit the nail on the head. I think when we talked about pandemic purchases, James, as a potential feature, this is the kind of thing we were looking for. <laughs> and my friend Otis sent me, and his name is important, I'll come back to that in a second. He, he sent me a uh, a message that just said, I bought a blender, milk bottles, and a label maker to make oat milk. Obviously (laughs) not normal times, lost the plot a little. And uh, yeah, I just thought that is exactly what we're after. I mean, he bought a blender. Okay, that's something people buy, right? Milk bottles, that's a little bit more upstream. But okay, I guess he's buying his own milk bottles. And a label maker? That's just, that's top (laughs) range. That is top range stuff. Really like that one. Yeah, his pandemic purchasing 
scorecard there escalated really quickly, didn't it? Like, it sounds very much like the blender was a kind of gateway drug to pandemic purchasing. And from there, he quickly moved on to the hard stuff. (laughs) The label maker is definitely a class A pandemic purchase. Like, that is the kind of thing that you would not normally, in a, a month of Sundays, a year of Sundays, even I'd go as far as to say, get around to buying. And yet right now, you know what? I'm almost tempted to order one, Dave. That I, it sounds very useful, a label maker right now. I didn't realise how much labelling I had to do. But I think Otis is onto something. And I like the idea as well that a key part of that entire purchasing yeah. approach was just for a self-entertaining pun, as I think you're going to explain. Yeah, so the the crowning glory to this pandemic purchase, James, is my friend Otis, his name is Otis, and he's made oat milk, and his first step with the label maker was to just write Otis milk. And, I mean, that is... I'm going to put it out there. That's genius. This is day one, pretty much. We had the pilot of pandemic purchase yesterday, James. But this is day one for our contributors. And I, I fear the bar is intimidatingly <laughs> high already for the rest of our audience because that is sensational. It's so well packaged, the whole the whole thought process. And ultimately, the execution, I imagine, was really satisfying when he's got his milk that he's made with the milk bottle he's purchased. And Otis has got a great eye for kind of uh, graphic design and he's big into his photography, James. And I might even, with his permission, post this on our Instagram feed. But it's just it's just beautiful. Otis Milk on the bodily mate. I mean, that is a good Saturday. That is a pandemic purchase that I fully uh, appreciate and respect. And I want to hear more of those. Yeah, that's COVID relief at its finest. <laughs> and hopefully that's going to inspire more along the same lines. Do keep your pandemic purchases coming our way. You can find us on Instagram at London CV Podcast. So now, because it is the weekend, yeah, some of us might have forgotten, not changed into our weekend labelled boxers, as I know that Dave has, or or he was in the weekend chair earlier when (laughs) I Skyped him for a chat beforehand. And genuinely, this is not just me saying this for the show. Genuinely, I saw you in the weekend chair, Dave, over Skype, and was was like quite moved. There was a little buzz. I was like, oh, it is the weekend. Like, I've already got a Pavlovian response to your chair change. But just in case you've forgotten it's the weekend, I've got a double weekend special of weekend wow or weekend what amazing Um, we've we've got a double weekend whammy on this today so our first weekend wow comes to us from nottingham where local brewery castle rock brewery has proven that even under the current conditions, they can organise a piss-up at a brewery because (laughs) they've opened a drive-through takeaway service for customers to pick up beer without making contact with staff. So it's abiding by all Mm -hmm. the guidelines. And it's kind of genius because they've been forced to close their 22 pubs around the country. But punters can still make orders via their online shop and can pick up casks and mini kegs poured freshly from the brewery. I mean, this is for fresh brew, as well as bottled beers, straight away. 
from there. So that's a real weekend wow to get us started. But a weekend what to go alongside that comes to us from a little further afield, from Japan, actually. Now, on our game special, we heard about the real pandemic puzzling craze that has been taking over the nation. And if you're finding you particularly have a lot of weekend time to fill, then this is the puzzle for you. Because a Japanese company has created a 2,000-piece jigsaw puzzle that's just entirely blank. It's been described (laughs) by puzzle critics as pure hell. Mm. And just in case that one's not challenging enough for you, if you're a bit of a puzzle pro and you're thinking... I've got a whole weekend on my hands, James. That's not going to pass time. They also do one that's made out of clear plastic pieces. So you're slotting <laughs> together see-through plastic pieces. Like, you're basically puzzling in air at that stage. Uh, remind me of the satisfaction of a puzzle again. Like, it, it's... I mean, that those... I think those two are shifting quite dramatically away from the core principle of our puzzle enthusiasts. But I've got, to confess, I've got to confess, I'm not a massive jigsaw guy myself, so so perhaps I'm missing it completely, James. Is that going to be a Christmas purchase for you, perhaps, in the warehousehold? Maybe more of a really mean secret Santa, I think, Dave, <laughs> if we're allowed to pass each if other we gifts do, by Christmas. If we do a London Coronavirus podcast... Secret Santa James, then it's going to be pretty obvious who's given who what, I guess. <laughs> that, yeah, I've given the game away already. And since we're really going all in on the weekend, a double whammy has promised today. Another weekend wow for us. A man has climbed the height of Everest on his staircase. John Griffin followed in the footsteps of a growing list of people managing some great feats during isolation. And he scaled 41,000 steps... And his staircase, I can see here, is not particularly long. So he's really gone for a lap breckle there too to to climb the equivalent height of Mount Everest. So if you're feeling a bit bored of your weekend workout, that's always an option. And our last weekend what is a somewhat strange tribute, but they're all appreciated, and I admire them all, to our NHS heroes. This comes to us from a man called Ben Richards, who had his hair shaved in Somerset this week and decided to get shaved into the back, hashtag NHS. I mean, if not many people are going to see the back of your head unless you're breaking the rules, (laughs) kind of hard to get that trending from shaving into the back of your head. Mm. But look, we called it really early, Dave. We were ahead of the forecast that Corona cuts... We're going to really catch on. And for creativity and tribute carrying, I think that's a weekend what that we also have to salute as well. But people aren't just having to resort to the weird and wacky to pass these slightly bizarre weekends. There's also the wonderful out there too. And that brings us to today's Living the Quarren Dream, which was sent in by my very own dad. This is what my old man is doing to pass the time stuck indoors. Coronavirus podcast, Living the Quarren Dream. 
Hi James, this is uh, Tim telling you how I live the Quarren dream. I'm usually in the three choirs and uh, so whilst we're now in lockdown I'm uh, doing the best to imitate um, choirs by join having joined the Great British Home Chorus uh, with the well-known choral director Gareth Malone leading us. It happens every day, five in the week, 5.30 um, each day, and uh, we go through the usual choral routine of a vocal warm-up, and then we learn songs, and we are actually putting forward performances by submitting our own recording of a song to him. He is getting um, his supporters at Decca to put all the individual contributions together, and uh, then he is going to uh, publish the performance. Uh, Gareth appeared on the one show on Friday and uh, we're told that BBC One is going to produce a programme about the Great British Home Chorus. So that's what I'm doing during lockdown and it keeps me sane and it keeps my voice in relative tune. All the best James, uh, bye for now. James, that's that's fantastic. I really like how the choir community have streamlined more than most in this crisis, haven't they? I feel like they were one of the early adopters to kind of go digital and organise really, really quickly. So I like that. And uh, yeah, James, any member of the Ware family is, uh, is more than welcome on the London Coronavirus podcast at any time in any feature. You know that. So I'm hoping for more, more uh, Ware editions over the coming week. Thanks, man. I'll get extending the net to the further <laughs> flung members. Yeah, I find it bizarre that the choir community were quite so on it because lots of different groups who you'd expect to maybe be slightly quicker on the tech inside lane have really struggled, whereas the choir community seem to have it down to a finer art form than their scales already. They certainly wouldn't have been my top bet if I'd been backing people to go digital, but then much like my Grand National or virtual Grand National top bat, that didn't win. So who am I to be providing betting tips? And it sounds like that particular project, people must be quite glad that they're stuck at home and don't have a commute to go to work. So that sounds like a full-time job <laughs> in itself, right? The Great British Choir going professional there every day of the week. <laughs> So one of the things that really helped me today to delineate the weekend from the rest of the work from home week. Wow, that's more of a mouthful than the top food tips we're about to be given yeah. saying all of that. Is cooking something that's a bit different to during the week. And I got that from some top tips from my foodie friend Florice, who's going to share those with you now. Uh, three easy tips for you would be, uh, first of all, try to make something from scratch. Uh, me and my girlfriend, for example, made pasta last week, which was insane. Um, it was absolutely delicious. It also is a bit of an activity. Kill some time, given we're all stuck at home. So try to challenge yourself not to buy anything frozen or pre-cooked and make it all from scratch. 
Um, the second tip is go to a butcher or a fishmonger or a greengrocer. So avoid the supermarket where you normally go and maybe buy yourself a cut of meat that you've never seen before to try and challenge yourself. Which leads on to the last tip is try something you've never made before. So you normally go and do this at a restaurant, but you can try and do this from home. And then finally, um, given there's still lots of specialist um, wine places and delis that can still be open, thank God. Um, if you normally spend £30 on a bottle of wine at a restaurant, you'll be amazed to see what that money gets you in one of these delis. So why don't you try a fancy pairing or something that you normally wouldn't um, that can just make your weekend a little bit better. Thanks a lot. Bye. interesting there James is the idea of going into a fishmonger's or a butcher's and buying a different kind of cut of meat because that's something that definitely I'm guilty of and to be honest I'll eat pretty much anything out and about but at home I only really buy the same two or three fish or two or three cuts of meat so it's really I think that's really useful uh, it's certainly something that yeah, it's tips that people maybe instinctively know but just to have them presented out like that I think uh, could definitely definitely add something yeah absolutely and I think like for lots of us who don't normally cook very often at home, it can be hard to know where to start. But I think what he said about choosing things that you like having out and just trying to do them at home, but doing that, suddenly I'm like, wow, there are so many things I've never even considered trying to cook that I love. Sure. And this is like the best opportunity to do that ever. So really gives you a short list to work with and it's quite exciting to try and recreate some <laughs> of your food favourites. So yeah, I'm trying to pack as many of those in as possible. And Floris has also been mentioned on the show before because he's running this amazing project that we've covered yeah. on Coronavirus Kindness where he just started fundraising himself to cook healthy lunches to drop into different hospitals in London, which kicked off last week. And he already managed to raise incredibly over a thousand pounds. So he was doing North Middlesex Hospital, Chelsea and Westminster Hospital, delivering huge quantities of healthy lunches for the nurses and doctors working there. And I believe the project is now expanding. So he's got other people who are helping him cook too. They're trying to do multiple hospitals. Anyway, if anyone would like to donate and support that or have more details, you can find it on Instagram at FebbyFloris on there. Next up on London Coronavirus Podcast is the section of the show we call Coronavirus Confession, the opportunity for any of our audience or beyond to come in, sit down and offload their sins to Windsor and where because we do not judge, we merely listen. Now, James, we had a hat-trick of confessions by Stefan from Stuttgart recently. And it really felt like we helped Stefan a lot get through a tricky little period in this, this isolation. But today we do go back to Germany, but it is something a little bit different. We've got Fabian from Freiburg on the pods. And I'm just going to let Fabian take this one away. Of course, as we continually stress, James, it is a fake names and fake location uh, set up here we've got within the coronavirus confession booth. But here is Fabian and his coronavirus confession. Hi, this is Fabian from Freiburg. This is my coronavirus confession. Sadly, I have to admit, I am only on episode eight of the London Coronavirus podcast. 
I mean, lock, <laughs> lock him up and throw away the keys, James. Because that, I, I've heard some horrible confessions in my time, but that has got to be up there as one of the darkest. <laughs> Honesty, not always the best policy, I guess, <laughs> when it comes to responding to your friends' pandemic projects. Like, maybe sometimes it's worth being tactful with those. But I, I very much appreciated him coming into the booth and sharing that. You know, like, I think, to be honest, if he's done those sequentially, mm. I think that's the kind of lock-in self-discipline that not many of us can muster to have gone one to eight in order. I think, to be honest, that's almost more of a, like, coronavirus celebration than a confession. But I would have liked him to get the whole way through, Dave, for sure. So maybe he can, like, flex his listening muscles a little more than he is so far. Yeah, and- could, could I recommend episode 12, dating, and episode 14, dogs? Those are my two personal favourites, the standout hits, James, in my opinion. <laughs> the greatest hits, <laughs> and you already eyeing up that compilation further down <laughs> the line. But we are actually doing, for the first time tomorrow, as a nice way of rounding off the week, we're doing a best of the week special, aren't we, Dave? So for those of you who might be joining the orderly and socially distanced queue to the confession booth off the back of that because you haven't had a chance because it is a hectic schedule this lockdown life Mm. as we've said before so if you haven't had a chance to listen to everything this week fear not and don't confess immediately because (laughs) tomorrow the best bits will be being released yeah i don't think it's fair to say james as well that we are outpacing our public at times just by, you know, hammering out these daily podcasts. And I don't think either of us quite knew what it would entail doing this daily. But uh, yeah, it's, it's great to put the content out there. And if people are lagging a few pods behind, then so be it, James. As you say, the best off will be available on Sunday. Next up on the pod, we have our global update, the section of the podcast where we drop anchor in a far-flung corner of the globe just to see exactly how individuals, countries and communities are dealing with this crazy situation. We've got to, well, quite a few countries so far, James. We're on episode number 19 of the podcast. We've had 18 from far and wide. And today we're going to Scandinavia and to Norway because Henrietta, has an update from that part of the world. And I will let her take it away. Here is her global update. So a small update from Norway. We have been inside since 17th of March. Around 4,000 are infected and 60 people have died. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but remember we're only 5 million people, so we don't have that many lives to lose. Um, we're concerned about infection, we're concerned about the economy because 500,000 have lost their jobs temporarily because everything is, everything is closed. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're concerned. Um, but on a more positive note, we have, we have a lot of faith in our prime minister. We have a lot of faith in the government and the and the guidelines our prime minister has set for us. So it's nice to see that everyone is doing their part. Everyone is um, downloading Facebook, writing on Facebook that they can go grocery shopping, that they can um, 
buy paint if you're uh, inside and want to do th something. So that's nice to see. And uh, we actually got some new rules. Um, so now if you're in quarantine um, and you break it, you get a fine of 20,000 Norwegian kroners or you go to jail. So that means that we take it quite seriously and we don't want to infect any anyone else. And I actually get a lot of sleep because my neighbors were hosting parties all the time before, but now they stopped. So something good came out of this. Um, other than that, um, I have to get a shout out to all the region artists because they're throwing driving concerts there. Uh, having concerts on their balcony, out the window, from a mountain. So they're trying their best to do their part and, and put a smile on their faces. And um, yeah, I think everyone is doing their part. And um, I think we're doing quite good because we're, we're living in Norway and we have our space and we love to hike, we love to go on walks. People up north can go skiing. So we have a lot of space to do the stuff we like to do so um yeah we're doing good yeah two, two things there james first of all i really enjoyed that global update we always get a sense from scandinavia that ever there's such an order within those countries and there's also such a, a faith in each other in terms of the community mm. and they tend to trust their governments there which is not necessarily the case in every part of the world and i think to have that respect and relationship and trust uh, is is really fascinating. And also, I'm delighted for Henrietta that she can sleep a little bit more peacefully now the 24-hour raves going on uh, from her neighbour's <laughs> house next door have thankfully uh, dwindled slightly. Yeah, that was a real situation, silver lining, at its most direct. <laughs> uh, like, finally, you haven't got thudding bass from beats upstairs coming through. But to replace that, I would love to go to one of these driving concerts, Dave. I've always wanted to drive in cinema, mm. but drive in concert with the actual artist. I know that that might not entirely fit into the rules as they are here, but the fact that you can do that in Norway and go and do that, and artists are putting that on, and you can still stick by the rules and get a really unique experience, I think that's really cool. Like anything that can use this situation to create something that's unique, but maybe even better than the norm rather than just a cheap substitute because we're out of stock of the normal variety <laughs> is uh, hats off to anyone coming up with anything like that right now. So those of you looking for some weekend warmth, you've come to the right part of the show. It's time for coronavirus kindness. And today's comes to us from Doncaster here in the UK. Now, it's been said many times that if you have your birthday during this period, it's a bit of a bummer, isn't it? Mm. I know people are organising like online get-togethers with their friends, but it's just really not the same, especially if it's a big birthday. And a teen in Doncaster by the name of Lauren was turning 18 this week. And that's a birthday that there are several places you might have in mind to spend your 18th birthday <laughs> at home with your parents probably isn't one of them. But to try to make up for the disappointment, Lauren's neighbours all organised to sing happy birthday to her together from their doorsteps and out of their windows 
to celebrate her turning 18. So although she's already had her party cancelled, exams cancelled, holiday cancelled, her neighbours all making it feel special anyway and observing the rules while doing so, somewhat made this up to Lauren. So a particularly lovely one on a small scale that and a bit of inspiration, I guess, for little ways that we can think of to try and make things special for people that might have been a little bit handicapped as events by this situation. At the end of every edition of the London Coronavirus Podcast, we have a quote, something hopefully to take away into the coming hours. And today we've got something from Bill Nye. Have you heard of him, James? Oh, yeah, the science guy. Ah, I'm pleased you said that, because to be honest, I'd never heard of him. He's an American. I got. He's an American science communicator and TV presenter. I'm, I feel like I'm selling him short. Yeah, he's kind of a cult figure, I'd say, beyond the world of science. He he's run at the walls of science, and he's like one of a few things that just by a quirk of atomic structure has got through the walls <laughs> into the broader world. <laughs> well, I saw this quote from him, and I it got me thinking, Jason, about meeting new people, right? And especially if you live in a big city like London, chances are if you're out and about, you're going to meet a lot of new people all the time. And it's one of the most incredible aspects of living in a city like this and anywhere, of course, in the world. And in this state of lockdown now, we're basically just consolidating the relationships we've already got. Right. And we're communicating with people that probably we've communicated uh, with for years before. And I was just thinking, James, I mean, I know that you love to get out and about in London and meet new people and how great mm. that is and how much I, I miss it. And I assume a lot of other people miss it as well. And so I settled on this quote from Bill Nye. Everyone you meet knows something you don't. Yeah. 